Design New Podcast, Episode 33. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Harry Sherwood. Harry is the co-founder of Consciously Org, which educates people in holistic health and increasing awareness to live a conscious lifestyle. Harry's journey to success took a true leap of faith when he left behind the only world he knew and went off to see the wizard. His quest for discovery rooted in experience led him to spend thousands of hours in meditation to a degree in consciousness studies from the University of Michigan, to some of the world's finest Shaolin temples and yoga ashrams, and to starting his own business. Join me as I chat with Harry about living consciously. Hi, Harry. How are you? Welcome to the Design You podcast. I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. I actually am all about designing ourselves and our lives, so I love the name of the podcast. Oh, thank you. So tell me, what are, what are you doing to design you? Like, why this passion for designing? Mm. You know, for me, it really comes down to, for a really long time, I tried to fit in. Mm-hmm. I tried to fit the mold. But then I started to question, what does it mean to fit in? Mm-hmm. And what are we fitting into anyway? Mm-hmm. And I found that I was trying to be, you know, fill in the blank. I was trying to be a real man or I was trying to be whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I was never honoring who I was. I was never honoring that inner voice that was saying like, hey, man, I'm still here. I still want to be a part of your life. And the more I honored my inner self, my intuition, the more it grew. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, hey, I get to do this my way. I get to design me. I get to create a life based around what it is I choose. Even though there are certain things that we are just subject to in society, my, you know, finances are going to be a part of it. There's going to be a lot that is just going to be there. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I have to do it someone else's way. Yeah. And that, that was the beginning of the, okay, let's do this. So let's was that a overnight discovery was did something happen or was it a gradual awakening gradual very gradual um it took a long time i i'm really good at fitting in i i'm a chameleon i can Mm -hmm. very much fit in most crowds but i'm not being authentic if i do that in a lot of places Mm -hmm. so over time i grew the courage and my journey is actually kind of funny uh and very interesting in that what wound up happening is that after, after high school, I wound up kind of getting really uncomfortable in the life that I was living. I was your typical jock, partier, football player, drink beer, chase women. That was me. 
<laughs> and that's, it was just wearing on me. It just wasn't me. You know, mm-hmm. it was me, but it wasn't me. And then I was just like, I got to get out of here. And I grew up with martial arts. I grew up just kind of believing in magic as a kid and believing that anything was possible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went on my own little quest. I left after two years of community college and working and coaching football, I left for China. And I went and studied Tai Chi with Shaolin monks. And I was like, I got, I'm going to go on my own thing. Awesome. And after that, I moved back to the U.S. And I lived with monks and yogis for another six months. And so I totally, I did a 180. Totally did a 180. Um, but that, it took time to have the courage to step out. When I was gone for that entire year, there was a lot of little moments. And when I came back, it's just progressively, to this day, I'm still still taking those little steps. Mm. But I think that's the important part. People often believe that life is something that when we decide we want to change it, it's going to happen overnight. And this whole awakening within ourselves and getting to know ourselves, one day we're going to arrive there. I personally don't believe we're ever going to arrive there, that every day there is a little step. There's something more we'll learn about ourselves, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, tell us more about what you learned with the monks, because surely, you know, martial arts is as much about your head as it is about the force. Absolutely. Well, I want to, I love what you just said, and I can tie that in because something I learned from them and learned along the way was, hey, if I was going to be living some mystical quest or I was going to be walking some journey, then that's already happening. I mean, that's a part of it. That's in all of the stories that we see in movies, it's called the hero's journey. The whole point is to have to face challenges, to live life, to level up, Mm. to design you along the way. And that's one thing that I learned a lot. And they really stressed presence Mm. in both the, in both in China and in the ashram, it was be present you know, when we teach you meditation and we teach you to breathe and to tune into your breathing or to tune into your surroundings, why? Because you're becoming present. Those things only happen here and now. They can only ever happen here and now. And guess what only else, guess what else only happens here and now? Your life. Mm-hmm. And so if we're only ever caught in the future about, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Elementary school gets us ready for middle school, gets us ready for college or high school, then college and work and career. Mm. It seems like every step's setting us up for the next step. Mm. So how often are we actually just experiencing our lives and the journey that we are taking right now? I mean, we're all on our own hero's journey. Mm. And that, that was something that I learned deeply out there. That it's a, pra- a practice. It's, to this day, I get, my, I get caught up in either the past or the future. The mind. The mind's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. So it's a continued thing and a really powerful lesson learned though. Yeah, but I mean, you're right about school and work, etc. Everything's getting us ready for the next thing. And as you said, you're a bit on a, um, it sounds like that just didn't fit you. You did, you, you looked outwardly like perfect life. If you're the jock at school, you're doing football. From what I know about American culture, that means you're the cool guy. Like (laughs) that's awesome. Of course you're going to have chicks throwing themselves at you, but that didn't fit with you internally. And the thing is, is about not just choosing what it is that we are going to do next. It's about choosing how that actually ties into us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because if you look at my life in, in most regards, I have played into the current system, the current, you know, the way things, uh, 
most people, the operating system is, I guess, nowadays. Because I did, after the ashram, I went back to college and I graduated and I got really good grades because I finally actually cared about school after living with monks and the discipline that I learned there. Applying that to getting good grades was, uh, it was, it was much easier than it had been before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just have never felt that I fit in with it and, and really understanding that it's okay to be me, yep. whether I'm in the mold or out of the mold. And mm-hmm. how do I offer that same thing to other people just by, you know, living our own truths, we give other people permission to do that. And that's really mm-hmm. what I've been trying to step into more and more now. Mm. And it's not about judging whatever that mold is that we're stepping into or out of. It's about just going, that's the mold. It either works for me or it doesn't. And how can I move the way I need forward? Exactly. And and that's so important because I find that so many people, they're polarized. It's either I hate the mold and the mm. system sucks, rage against the machine, <laughs> or I love it. And anyone who doesn't is just making excuses. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, no, if you fit in, cool. If that's you, do you. Yeah. But if not, then find what works for you and don't judge the other mm-hmm. because the other is just trying to find them. Yeah. That's all we're all trying to do. Talk to me more about the discipline in the ashrams and with the monks. How, how, does that, how can we bring that into our everyday life so that it can work to help us? What's the purpose behind it for amongst life? Mm. The answer to what's the purpose behind amongst life is really deep. Um, but the discipline, I'll try to tie those all together in, in a coherent uh, <laughs> response. So discipline allows us to apply our passion. What I like to say is I don't like saying I have work today or I have to go do something at work because for me, work is doing something when I'd rather be doing something else. Mm-hmm. So it's work. Passionate action is I'm doing what I want to do. So a lot of people might consider that work, but, and I'm, you know, doing 12 hours of it in a day or six hours or two, whatever that person does. It's just, I'm passionately acting towards it and building habits and having discipline to do it on the days that might not be our favorite or to just make sure that we're always taking care of ourselves, taking care of our loved ones, our animals, taking care, all those things are little disciplines. Everything we do is a habit of sorts and every habit takes discipline. So I think a lot of people look at discipline like the the ancient Spartans of just super intense lifestyle. And don't get me wrong, living with monks is kind of like that. But the truth behind discipline is that everything we do from brushing our teeth to putting on our clothes to cooking food, it's, it's a discipline, each one. Which ones do we choose to have in our life? And is it good for us? And is it in hand with what our larger goals are, with our larger passions? And so that's what I really learned from discipline is, hey, is this, is this me just wasting time? Or does this go hand in hand with what my, my life vision is, what I'm designing me as? Um, so discipline's actually, it's just, it's just habit applied in the right way. Or an hour right way. I don't like the right way. An hour right way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. And so, your vision after the life that you've led so far, where's your vision leading you? Oh, I have fun with my vision. <laughs> I really, I'm a shoot for the moon, land amongst the stars. So I have huge, huge goals. But my goal. So I am a co-founder of a conscious lifestyle company, and we teach holistic health, and we teach meditation and nutrition, and 
conscious lifestyle coaching and all sorts of different ways to help people dive within themselves, find their deepest, I call it the what if. Mm. What if anything was possible? Wow. Let your five-year-old imagination go. For me, it's magic. What if magic was possible? From there, how do we create, and it doesn't have to be your work. A lot of people think, oh, if I have this vision, my work needs to be a certain way. It might, it might not. Mm-hmm. What about your hobbies? What about your relationships? What about your health? What, are, what about all these other things that we can tailor make? You don't have to quit your job tomorrow if your vision mm-hmm. isn't quite in line with it. Mm-hmm. So how do we bring out our greatest what if, our deepest desires? And then through meditation also, how do we become acquainted with ourselves in the process of doing that? Because meditation is really just learning who am I on a, on a deep level, that mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, that deep inner intelligence and bringing those together. And so my vision is to do that grand scale, very large scale, and to bring magic into people's lives through helping them tap into their own source of magic, their own what if, their own dreams. Mm. You talked about intuition before, and tell us more about that. You've said as you've used it more, you've, you've become more intuitive, but is meditation part of how you've become more intuitive as well, or is there more to it than that? Meditation absolutely plays a role. I think that we're all innately have deep sense of intuition. And for me, I guess to define intuition, it's really knowing without having learned. So I, for some reason, I have this gut feeling that this person over in the corner just needs a hug or that so-and-so is having a bad day Mm. or I really shouldn't sign this contract right now. I can't explain it. I just, there's something inside me. And you know what? Quite often we go against our intuition. Mm. But the more that we say, I'm going to try, I'm going to try trusting it this time. I mean, whether it's, you know, 50-50 across the board, the more we trust it, the more we learn how to identify, is this intuition or is this me just not wanting to do something that's going to be difficult? Mm. Because it can also be an excuse. Oh, my intuition says no. (laughs) Does it? (laughs) So... Uh, the thing, the reason that meditation helps with that is for me, I feel intuition. It's, it's almost like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. It comes in, it's like a vibration, it's a feeling. And meditation, we are able to become acutely aware of all of our senses. It helps us not have this constant stream of thoughts and, and distractions and emotions, all these things that we're just so tied up in. We can breathe and just kind of release back from that just enough to become more aware of, oh, my sits bones on this chair are kind of cold. <laughs> or, oh, there's that humming going on in the corner I'd never noticed before. Mm-hmm. And when we're in that place more and more, when intuition comes in, when those feelings come in, we're much more aware of it. Mm-hmm. So it's a practice of, of becoming more aware and more mindful. You'll hear that word a lot. We're more mindful of our surroundings of the present moment. And that's the only time intuition ever comes in too, is, is in the present moment. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting with that, for me, with that intuition, there's coming back to part of what you're talking about. Sometimes I, I'm going to sound like I'm going crazy now, but I'll hear a voice and it's like, okay, I got to work out. Is that my fear voice saying that or is stopping me from doing something or making me do something? Or is that actually my intuition working and working out the difference? And I, I've found through meditation that I can tell the subtlety in those two voices when I actually stop and listen to what's being said. It's so subtle. Anyone else hearing them? And for years, it didn't make sense to me which was which, but now it's so subtle that there is just a slight different 
voice that I hear, whether it's my intuition or my, or my fear or whatever else is coming up, my ego, whatever it is. Right. And I love that. And I love the way that that's actually been depicted over time. You know, you have the angel on one shoulder and the <laughs> devil on the other shoulder and which one are we listening to? It's actually a really accurate depiction. And a lot of people call it the conscience. And I think the conscious is the voice. Conscience is the voice of the soul or of our deepest sense of self or of the intuition. And it's, it, you're, I love that you said that because it's almost it's a way to put words to something that there aren't really words for. I don't know. I just have this feeling mm. instead our conscious, it translates it for us because our bodies and our minds are so advanced. They're mm. so phenomenal um, that it can do that. And then we're able to say, okay, that's what I'm, that's what's going on. And you're right. Sometimes it's so, it, it, I mean, it's difficult if, if we don't give ourselves the time to learn how to differentiate the voices sometimes it is tricky you know Mm. is this coming where's this coming from Mm. how can people when you know they're caught up in a funk there's stuff happening around them they're stressed and you know it feels like life is coming at them how can you help people to just come back and be present and have space to sort out for themselves what's happening what sort of techniques do you use Mm. i love that breathing Breathing is my number one thing. The best anchor, I say, is your breath. Because if you notice when we are stressed and anxiety is rolling in and all these things are happening, if you pay attention to your breath, it's probably a little bit shorter. Your muscles are a little tensed up. Your body is reacting. Your physiology is reacting to your psychology. So Mm -hmm. mind affects body. But we can reverse that. We can say, okay, if I slow down my breath, if I relax my muscles, if I relax my physiology, I can then change my psychology. Mm. So when anxiety and stress come in, think about it. What is anxiety? If not fear of future. So it's future. Stress, same thing, comes in. What about sadness or depression? That's usually about past Mm. or lack of past in my future. It's displacing us from right here and now. And so once again, presence practice. So a couple of breathing techniques that I do is one's called the triple breath, and that's just breathing in through your nose, holding, and breathing out through your mouth, but you match each breath. So if you breathe in for five seconds, you hold for five seconds, you breathe out for five seconds, and it's totally whatever your capacity is. Mm-hmm. And I use four to six of those. And if you can expand your lungs each time, so I did five, 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 next one I did five and a half, five and a half, five and a half. Maybe you get to 666 or 777. Then you're also just expanding your lung capacity. And by the time that's done, that will take a little bit of time. You've really just focused on one thing. So you're letting your mind focus on something that's not anxiety, that's not the future, that's not depression, that's not the past, and bring mm-hmm. myself into the present moment. And the other one that I love is called the tense and relax. And, and I wouldn't do this while you're standing up or else you might not be standing up afterwards. <laughs> but you double inhale and you tense every muscle in your body for just two to three seconds. And then you double exhale through the mouth and you relax every single muscle. Cause like I said, we need to change our physiology to change our psychology. Mm. And we do that four to six times. And if you do four to six triple breaths, four to six tense and relax, that itself will bring you to such a centered and relaxed place. And from there, what most people 
don't like when I say this is look, your problems didn't disappear. They're still there if they were caused externally. If now, if it was just mentally anxiety, it, they very much might most likely subsided at least a little bit. Mm. But if it's I haven't paid my rent or whatever the cause is, your problems are still there. But wouldn't you rather be a, approaching them in a state of peace and clarity so you can figure out how to solve them than stress and anxiety, which mm. just makes things worse? Absolutely. Part of what I love about your first exercise where people choose how long they can hold and release those breaths for whatever number of seconds is I love the fact that there is no rules about that because we spend so much of our time competing. Oh my gosh, he Mm. held his breath for five seconds. So I got to be able to do that. And I love the acceptance that where you're at now is where you're at. So let's just work with where we're at now and then we can take the next steps. Absolutely. And you know what? That is, I think, self-love starts with we have to start where we're at. Mm. And can I accept who I am right here now? Can I accept Harry with all of Harry? Not just the spotlight Harry, not just the highlight reel that I maybe post on our business's social media, but the blooper reel that I never tell anyone about. And that's what most people struggle with is they see, we, we all see each other's highlight reels, mm. but then our blooper reels is what we're comparing to their highlight reels. And then mm. we're not enough. And mm. then so-and-so has got the perfect life and I don't trust me. Everyone's got a blooper reel and all of them are a mile long. <laughs> and so just accepting where we are now is such a powerful practice. So I love that you said that. Mm. So how can people get in touch with you and your, the work that you do? My website is consciously.org, so like living life consciously, and there we have a contact us page, and we're highly responsive to that. It's just a quick email saying, hey, want to set up a time to chat? We love to do chats, 15, 30-minute chats to see is working together uh, possibility. Is it smart? Because if it doesn't work, I'm not going to be like, yes, let's work together so I can have mm-hmm. your money. It's like, no, am I the right fit for you? And we have a lot of different things that we offer. We have a nutrition program. So if you're looking for nutrition, we can do that. We have a meditation program that's completely secular. So it's more mental health and psychology than it is spirituality. Mm -hmm. But we have people who want the deeper spiritual thing and they know my story. So they're like, take me down the rabbit hole. Let's have some fun. So that's what my conscious lifestyle coaching, I bring that in there. And then there's one-on-one coaching. My partner, uh, both in life and at Consciously, Melanie McDaniel, she has a amazing healing program because she has, she's a very intense past that she did all this natural healing through. And now she helps people with their own traumas, with their own past. And it doesn't need to be anything intense, but if it is, she's a really good person to do it. So she has her thing. Best way is contact us on our website. And we also have some social media that we're getting better at, you know, beforehand, like I said, I live with monks and I, I did all that. So social media isn't the, uh, isn't my first, uh, most innate knowledge, uh, but we're getting better at it. And we're consciously or consciously org on most of those. And we have a consciously community on Facebook that we have some fun in and we, um, we try to engage there. So that's another place too. Okay. And do you find as people start to open up one area of the life, say they come to you for nutrition, do you find then that 
once they've got a bit more of a handle on that, that then they start to see the influence in all the other parts of their lives and just start to see how interconnected every part of our lives really is. Absolutely. And that's why we teach holistic health. We say, hey, look, if you come to me for mindset coaching or for spiritual coaching and you're eating hot dogs and cupcakes and sweets every day, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Mindset's mm-hmm. only going to go so far. We have to look at the whole picture. And in our nutrition program, week before week number one, our pre-program is clean out your kitchen. We're going to get rid of everything that's bad and we're going to replace it with all these good, healthy things. We've had more than one person come and say, I wound up cleaning out my entire house. I didn't stop in the kitchen. I went, I did my garage. I did my entire house. I got rid of stuff I've had for years. I feel so good. Just this energy shift of actually cleaning. Mm. So yes, absolutely. It's it's a domino effect once Mm. we really start focusing on our own health, our, on ourselves and give ourselves that space that we need, it, it, I absolutely see it blossoming into the whole. Mm. So 50 years time, where would you see yourself? Whew. I've never been asked that question. I <laughs> love that. You know, I'm going to be really transparent. I, I, I've always wanted to be the uh, long white bearded wizard. So I'm definitely going to, even if I'm not a wizard, I'm going to have that long white beard. Um, And ideally, you know, bringing a deeper level of this to the world. uh, I, like I said, meditation is very good for mental health, but I, my main focus of it is spiritually. So diving deeper spiritually, opening up new vistas, I really want to bring that to the mainstream a little bit more mm. because I, I've seen its power. I've experienced uh, some amazing things and I think that the world needs a little bit more of it. So I'll have a long white beard, <laughs> hopefully influencing people to spiritually meditate. Mm. How are you seeing that journey to make it more secular? Because you know, often there's people who take some things as woo woo and then, you know, it's sort of this extremes. Now I know, there's more and more people who are building the two, but in the past it was very much you were one or the other. So how are you finding, just showing that it's not necessarily as scary as it might be considered? You know, I think it's a good bridge. I think the mental health approach, the secular approach is a great bridge. I've talked to a ton of people after leaving the ashram and they're all like, dude, you're crazy. And they, they hear meditation and they equate it with me living in China. So they didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. But then, excuse me, but then when they learn, hey, this actually can increase your mental clarity, it can increase your uh, productivity at work and for your employees or, you know, whoever in that capacity, they say, oh, maybe there's a little bit more to this. And then I had someone who was doing our meditation program and she's like, I had this out of body experience that I can't really explain. And I'm like, well, let me get a little woo woo with you real quick and, and kind of see what spirituality says about that. Because as much as meditation now is used for mental health, it's been used in a deeper sense for thousands of years. And there might just be a reason why. <laughs> and so let me, let me just open the door a little bit. And that helps. That works. Mm, yeah. If you were going to leave something with our Design New community, what would be your words of wisdom with your long white beard? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's actually perfect for the, the name Design You. And this is my quote, my favorite quote. It's, you are the one that you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And we all so often, 
look outside ourselves for the answers, but it's just, it's learning to trust that intuition. It's learning to spend a little bit more time with ourselves and all of our answers lie within ourselves and we just need to trust it. We just need to learn how to be us because that's the, that's the thing we're best at is us. So we all need to, to spend a little bit more time with us and you are the one you've been waiting for. Accept that. Accept that you're amazing and you're powerful and you have the ability to make the life that you want, to design your life. I can't say anything beyond that. Thank you so much, Harry. You've been an inspiration. It's been wonderful talking to you and understanding more about Consciously. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on here. This this was great. This was super fun and great meeting you, Tina. As e-meeting you, I was told the other day uh, as well. This was great. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it and live it.